At Journey Beyond Divorce, we understand that navigating through the emotional tsunami of separation and divorce is one of the hardest journeys you'll take. And we know that once the initial fear and pain begins to pass, a whole new storm of confusion, uncertainty, and self-doubt can surface. Journey Beyond Divorce can help you identify and clarify where you're feeling stuck and what steps you need to move forward, even if they're just baby steps. We guide you with practical, tangible support that you can start implementing right away. Our team of experienced divorce coaches is ready to help you. Listen through the show because we have a gift just for you. It'll help you navigate your divorce with more calm and confidence. You're listening to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast with Karen McMahon. We invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience. Heal your heart while refining your character and enable you to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. If you remember that he or she is being systemically brainwashed, then what you say at such a point is, it seems or appears that you're angry at me. If I believed what you believe, I would be angry at me too. Welcome to JBD Team Talks with your host, Karen McMahon. During Team Talks, you get a chance to meet our JBD coaches as we discuss challenges and difficulties that are common to everyone facing divorce and provide you with tips and strategies to help you master the art of managing your thoughts, calming your emotions, and intentionally choosing your responses. And now for today's topic. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of JBD Team Talks. With me today is my dear friend and business partner, Lisa Burke. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Karen. I'm so glad to be here with you once again. Today's topic is a really heartbreaking and difficult one. Uh, It's about parental alienation, and we're specifically honing in on the five do's and don'ts for managing parental alienation if you find yourself in that position. Uh, If you want to learn a lot about parental alienation, we had a guest back in the end of October. The episode was High Conflict Divorce, Parental Alienation, with Dr. Jennifer Jill Harmon, who just did a brilliant job of explaining what it is, what it isn't, and uh, gave a tremendous amount of information. Today, Uh, Based on uh, our own research and our own experience with clients, we're going to talk about the do's and don'ts. So let me hand it over to you, Lise. Thanks, Kara. The topic of parental alienation is such a tender topic because it's the experience of parents losing a child uh, intentionally. There's an intentional loss of a child because of another parent's interference. And what we want to do today is if you are experiencing parental alienation in one or more of your children, we want to give you tips of what to do and what not to do so you can better manage the situation. And if you're early enough in the game, stop it before it can do 
permanent damage to your relationship with your child. So first, let's take a look uh, at what it is briefly. So you can determine, is that what I'm really experiencing? Or am I experiencing what's called justified parental alienation? Or justified parental, excuse me, estrangement. That is when a child is feeling alienated from a parent because of that parent's harmful or abusive behavior. It can be substance abuse. It can be a lack of the ability to manage anger. It could be neglect. It could be abandonment. That parent just wasn't there, didn't show up for the child. Now, that isn't parental alienation. That's legitimate, justified parental estrangement. What we're talking about today, parental alienation, is if you have one parent engaging in actions that cause that child or children to strongly ally with that alienating parent and reject the alienated parent without legitimate justification. So it's also, uh, we can refer to it as a favored parent and a non-favored parent. So while, while a non-favored parent might have contributed to the estrangement in some manner, the rejection by the child is out of proportion to anything that that less favored parent has done. For example, I have a client that was the primary caregiver of uh, that child during their marriage. And when it came to divorce, the estranging parent uh, really convinced that child that it was my client who had destroyed the family. It was completely her fault. It was groundless. She was being completely selfish. And in a matter of a relatively short time, used the child's upset about the fact that divorce was happening to blame everything on that parent, the parent who left my client, and making that parent public enemy number one. So that is, that is a legitimate case of parental alienation. And the impact of parental alienation is that it's pain, incredibly painful and unhealthy, not just for the alienated parent, but also for the child. And over the long term, it can result in serious and deleterious long-term impact on both the less favored parent and that child. And it's so serious that over time, it increases a child's lifetime risk of substance abuse and mental illnesses. So it is definitely significant and important to nip in the bud. So how do if you- I, If I could just jump in here, um, Lise, I think that another thing is just, as I'm listening to you, the level of manipulation 
of their child. Um, like that's the power of that and for the child to get so manipulated. And I could imagine that um, the alienated parent could be equally frustrated, especially if the child is perhaps in the teenage years. And to your point that, that there's something so damaging happening to the child, even if their presentation is one of hostility or hate or um, uh, disrespect toward their alienated parent. And that is exactly true, Karen, which is why as we get to the do's and the don'ts, you'll understand that how you react to a child that's acting out at any age is vital to reversing the alienation. What can often happen is un unconsciously, the alienated parent through their reactions can begin to show up exactly as the alienating parent claimed that that parent would show up. Right, and then you end up with a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're gonna to continue to go down that spiral. And so I'm really curious about both the do's and the don'ts. So why don't, why don't we take a look at what you should do? Okay, let's start. So we're gonna talk about rules in engagement because that's what a parent is doing. They're engaging with their child. And the first rule, first I'll do overarching. Overarching, expect trouble. Expect that you're going to be in difficult, challenging, and painful situations with your child for the time being. It's not permanent necessarily, but it will be. So be prepared for that. And you can be prepared by being conscious and intentional in every interaction with both the alienating parent and the alienated child. If you are not, then the alienating parent knows your triggers and will use those triggers, as we were saying before, to trick you into forcing up to be exactly the way the alienating parent portrayed you to the child yeah. and therefore reinforcing mom or dad is right. This person, this mom or dad really is who they are claiming they are. So and I would imagine with that, just that overarching thing, it's so important as you begin to listen to the rest of Lisa's list that if you are not in a practice of mindfulness where you're becoming conscious of your own way of being, um, this would be a really important time to start that practice. Absolutely. And re remember that it's only by showing up at the opposite of the way the alienated parent portrays you that your child will begin to see that what the alienating parent is telling them is not reality, right. is a lie. So how do we do that? So the first of the five do's is be consistent in your behavior. 
avoid speaking about the other parent other than acknowledging that you and his or her other parent see things differently and consistently reinforcing your love for your child. So that is the first. Figure out who you want to be, how you want to show up as a parent and consistently show up that way. Be involved. Tip two, be involved in your child's life, even from the sidelines, if it's necessary. So stay in touch with the school. Find out what your child is, the major topics that they're learning about. Find out what the extracurricular activities are when we're back socializing or if you're in an area where there are still sports show up for the games. And I just want to say on that, uh, on that topic that a lot of parents, especially uh, those who aren't the, the primary or the custodial parent, um, can tend to rely on their ex for that information. You can go directly to the coach, directly to the school. You can be on every email list, every snail mail list. Uh, you, it's so important to do everything you can to be empowered, to be uh, active in your child's life and to rely as little as possible, if at all, on the alienating parent because that's just gonna be a setup. Exactly. And don't anticipate that your child is going to be thrilled to see you there. I've had clients where that child has ignored that parent completely the entire time they were there for the first half of a season. And it was only by seeing that that parent was showing up, was showing up quietly, was not creating any kind of drama with their, at that time, their favored parent, and just keeps sort of being in the stands, watching their life, cheering for them, that they get the sense, hey, this person isn't a monster, this person is consistent. And somewhere in the back of their head, there's, they wouldn't be coming here if they didn't care about me. And we have a saying that if you're expecting and accepting of the worst, then anything other than that is enjoyable and a relief and good. Uh, and you don't get as angry, reactive, or discouraged when the worst is what you get. So, so that, that step is... Also, um, be involved and be accepting and expecting of the worst so that you're not set up again. Exactly. What's next? Now, in some cases, parents have no way to communicate with their child. Um, it, there have been parents who have created some sort of a legal barrier between a parent that they are making sure is estranged from their child and the child themselves. And if that's the case and you cannot face-to-face -face see the child, any thoughts you have, any communications you want to have with your child, write it down. Write down what you want to share with them. 
And you can either send it to them, which their the alienating spouse may or may not let them ever see it, or you can hold it until such time that you can be with that child. And then you can show them that over those years, and in the worst cases, it can be years, that you never stop thinking about that child, that you never stop trying to communicate to the child. And you will have proof that for every letter you have that they didn't receive, you have it. Just because they didn't receive it doesn't mean you didn't send it. Mm. So even if you can't communicate directly to your child, keep communicating from your heart and your head to your child and write those communications down so you have proof at a later time that you did not forget them. And it was not your responsibility that you could not be with them. And so you're documenting, you really want to document your communication so that you have that that evidence and that proof. Yes, and in one of our resources that will be in the notes of this talk, there's uh, an article from a child who was alienated. And I believe it's in that article, but it's in many others that when they saw how, when they finally did get in touch with that parent and they saw how often that parent reached out to them, even though they didn't know it, it really changed their mind about this concept that the parent didn't care and that's why they weren't there. Because that's often what the alienating parent tells the child. Calming the chaos of divorce begins with quieting your mind and getting clear on what you want and how to get it. That's why we created the Divorce Survival Kit. It's an easy to digest guide with five essential tips that help transform your suffering into valuable insights and your confusion into effective action. So go to DivorceRecoveryLifeline.com and grab your Divorce Survival Kit today. So we're up to tip four. Be tolerant in your response to your child's acting out. Your child is being brainwashed to think of you as a bad parent, as perhaps a dangerous parent, as an uncaring parent. And so they are going to act out when they are with you in certain ways because that belief has been put in their mind. So what's important to you is that you show up when your child is acting out in a way that you interact with them so they can see that the truth they've been told is not the truth. For instance, let's say a child refuses to speak with you. They, they come into the house because it's court ordered, but just because... I am made to be here doesn't mean I have to pay attention to you or talk to you. So rather than getting angry at the child, if you remember that he or she is being systemically brainwashed, 
then what you say at such a point is, it seems or appears that you're angry at me. If I believed what you believe, I would be angry at me too. So you're acknowledging the feelings. You're validated that given their beliefs, you would have the same response as they're having. And then follow it with, I am here for you if you determine you want to speak with me. And if you feel that you need to be quiet now or you need to ignore me, understand that. And let the child realize that they have freedom to feel what they're feeling in that moment. So I want to repeat that. You're not you're not saying the behavior is good or that you approve of it. You're letting them know that you, you're acknowledging it, you're feeling it. It seems that you're angry at me. Then you're validating it. If I believed what you do, I would be angry at me too if I were you. So you're not contradicting. And then... You're saying, I'm here for you. If you feel you can't talk to me at this point, or you don't want to, I understand that. I'm still here for you. And when you're ready to speak with me, I'll be downstairs and I'll be happy to speak with you. Or I'll be happy to sit with you. You let me know what you'd like from me. And that's it. One of the hardest things to do and the most effective is when a child is acting out, to acknowledge they're acting out, to validate the emotions they're feeling, and to let them know that you're there for them. It takes practice. It's highly effective. So the fifth tip is speak to the future when you're speaking with your child. I know you feel this way now. In the future, I look forward to a time when we can, and you can think back to what's really important to your child and say, when we can watch that movie you love together and laugh, where we can go out and take a walk in your favorite place to walk, or we can throw the softball around, or whatever it is that you've done in the past with your child that's been pleasurable. You're doing two things when you do that. You're speaking to a future, you're setting a seed in their mind for something positive for them to live into. You're reminding them that you care about them, you love them, and you're there for them again. And you're letting them know that you know something about their lives, about what they enjoy and love, and you're willing to participate in that. Actually, you're excited about participating in that. So that's that's great and and i'm just going to summarize that when it comes to the do's the rule is um be consistent st- 
stay involved, document your communication with them, be tolerant of their reactiveness, and speak into the future. Positive the future. The po- a positive future. Mm-hmm. That, and that will um, move you along in a positive way. And then what's interesting is you have equally as many don'ts. And so it's almost like uh, navigating a landmine a little bit, I would imagine, uh, this kind of a situation. So, so what do we have for, for what to avoid, Lise? Well, the first and foremost is don't expect your spouse or your ex to change his or her behavior. Anyone who's doing this to a child is very much out of balance because it is not in the best interest of the child. And they're not going to change their behavior because you point that out. They're not going to change their behavior for for anything you do, most likely. What'll change their behavior is something that happens within them. So don't waste any energy on combating, arguing with, challenging your spouse or your ex. If you need to use the courts, then you do so without directly engaging with the spouse or the ex. But don't waste your time trying to change them personally. And don't waste your energy even more. You'll just end up feeling angry and victimized because they're not going to change. Don't show up to as your spouse accuses you of showing up. So if the spouse has told your child or the ex has told your child that your mother or your father always makes always creates drama wherever they go. If you go to the sporting event and your child doesn't immediately come to you or doesn't come to you at all, do not go and chastise the spouse in the stands for ruining your relationship with your child. Do not engage in drama when you drop the child off or pick the child up in the exchanges. So again, consciously stay away from showing up as the spouse that you're, or the ex, that the alienating parent has has brainwashed your child to see you as. Otherwise, you will be reinforcing it. The third tip is don't force yourself on your child. If your child doesn't want to engage, allow your child the space to not engage. Let them know you'll be there for them when they are ready to engage. Let them know you love them, even if they don't think you do. The fourth is don't disparage, don't talk garbage, even if it's true, about your spouse to the child. Leave the child completely out of 
your relationship with him or her. Okay, I, I don't know if that was clear. Leave the spouse, any kind of conversation about the spouse out of your conversation with your child. If the, if the worst that happens is that the child says, Mommy said that you did, or Daddy said you did X, Y, and Z, and that's why you got a divorce, and I hate you for it. Rather than talking about the spouse directly, you can say, I understand that's how Mommy sees it, or I understand how that's how Daddy sees it. I see it a different way. And if you're ever interested in knowing about how I see it, let me know. That you're not disparaging. The fifth is don't defend your legitimate actions. And what I mean by that is apologize only when you know you did something you are truly sorry that you did. And otherwise, don't apologize or defend. An example, had a client, the child kept reinforcing, you ruined my life. You did this. If you had stayed... I would be living at home. I'd have one home instead of two. Mommy or daddy, whoever will be ha- was, would be happier. They're sad all the time. They're crying all the time. And it's all because of what you did. So rather than defending the action of you leaving, because you did in fact leave, you can say something like, I created a new home for us so we can have a choice about how we live our lives. You know, mommy had an idea of how to live. I have a different idea of how to live. And now you'll have a choice about which way you want to live. And it's not a defense and it's not an argument. It's, it's owning up. Yes, I left. I left and I left for this reason, to to give you, to give me a choice of how we live our lives. Um, You'll notice in that, that there was no contradiction of your child's perspective. You're actually acknowledging the truth that the child said and that you left the house. Yes, I did. I did leave the house. And... Remember that relationships are not about right and wrong. Very often parents lose it by trying to prove to the child they're wrong and that their perspective is right. But that's not what creates a healthy relationship. What what creates a healthy relationship is listening. Having somebody who is very unhappy talking to you, if they know that you are listening to them, it will change their relationship to you. Um, I'm a a big fan of Dan Siegel's work on how to create healthy children and well-balanced and effective adults, ultimately. And Dan talks about the four S's that children need. And children, and you know, as I say this, it's not only true in relationships with children. I find it's true 
in all healthy relationships. And the key to healthy relationships is that the people you're in relationship with, they want to be seen. And this is not just seeing with your eyes. It means perceiving who they are deeply and, and empathetically. It's sensing the mind behind their behavior. So that's the first, to, to see your child, to see their pain, to see their acting out, not as an attack on you, but as a reflection of the pain and confusion they're in. The second S is to be safe, to feel safe. So what that means is as parents or as, I'll say, I'll just stick with parents, that we avoid actions and responses that frighten or hurt our child. So it's handling them very, very carefully in ways that they know that when they are with you, they are safe with you. You're not going to attack them for their thoughts. You're not going to attack them for their confusion. You're not even going to attack them for their behavior. You will guide them and they, through that behavior. Um, children want to be soothed. If they're acting out, if you acknowledge that you see their anger, then it, you can more easily help them deal with the difficult emotions and situations that have legitimately arisen in their lives. And you will become an ally to that child rather than an additional irritation, which the alienating spouse eventually becomes if you manage the situation with skillfulness. And the fourth is that children want to feel secure. And what that means is as parents, we can help them develop an internalized sense of well-being. Because when you are seen, when you are supported, when you feel safe, and when you know that that your parent is, is listening and present, they develop an internal sense of security and they can begin to respond with understanding. Of so um, that you've just, you've shared so much with us, um, Lise, and I love, the, I love the four S's, seen, safe, soothed, and secure. Um, yeah, as I'm listening to you, the thing that comes to mind is if you're a parent who either was disrespected in your own childhood and is really triggered by that, or if you're a parent who, um, as the alienated parent, um, has a need to control, all of these tips are going to be really challenging for you. And, and that's where, um, uh, you know, making sure that you have very healthy support comes in. But before, and I know that's your next piece, but before we get to that, Lisa, I just want to summarize the don'ts for our listeners. And, and what I heard you say is 
first and foremost, don't expect your spouse to change and don't invest any time in trying to make that happen. Uh, and don't be the person you're the alienated alienating parent is suggesting you are. Don't show up as they're accusing you of being. And uh, and then this child is being manipulated and um, struggling in their own way. So don't force yourself upon your child. Give them the space that they need. And don't disparage uh, the other parent uh, because that just adds more conflict and chaos to the child. And, and don't defend yourself. Uh, don't defend your legitimate actions. That whole idea of seeing the child's perspective, even if it's completely askew, acknowledging that that is their perspective, validating that those are understandable feelings given that their perspective. So those are your five. Don't expect your spouse to change. Don't show up as your spouse is suggesting or, or the parent. Don't force yourself on the child. Don't disparage your that alienating parent and don't defend your legitimate actions. And those are heavy lifts. Uh, and which is why it is so important that you have the support that you need to navigate through this. And I know you have some things to share on that, Lise. Absolutely. And they are heavy lifts and this isn't easy. Um, but I guarantee if you take this on, your relationship with your child and your relationship with other people in your environment all of these relationships will improve because what it means is you're going to become very, very skillful within relationships, mm. which is nine-tenths of what our lives are all about. So when we talk about, you know, where can a targeted parent go to find support? And I'd say the first place to look is the closest to home. Who are your supportive friends and relatives who actually listen to you and support you? And I'm not talking about joining with you to bash your spouse or bash your ex, no matter how tempting that is, but really can hear you out and help you think through what you're experiencing and how best to respond to it. Those people are worth their weight in diamonds more than gold. And you only need two or three at most. Um, the second place you can find support is within yourself. You are stronger than you imagine you are. And when you stop investing your energy into changing the alienating parent's behavior and begin strategically changing your own, you'll find you, you have much more energy to work with yourself. When you begin to notice where, through your frustration and anger at the alienating parent, you show up as the person he or she paints you out to be, whether it's overly emotional or irrational, unbalanced, embarrassing, and begin training yourself to show up as the parent you declare yourself to be in both private and public, you will get stronger and stronger from the inside out. And then finally, there are 
psychologists. There are divorce coaches, such as those uh, at Journey Beyond Divorce. There are social workers that can help you untangle the triggers that Karen spoke about earlier. The, the triggers that are left over from times you were disrespected when you were a child, times when you were abused as a child. Because those without disconnecting from your responses to those triggers and recreating a new response to those triggers, you really don't have much freedom in how you show up. And you're more like a puppet than an independent person because, you know, trigger, reaction, and there you are showing up in a way that you intentionally didn't want to show up. So between therapists and coaches, you can really get support to use those triggers to pause and determine a new and different response to the trigger rather than a reaction. And in doing that, you'll not only heal your child's trauma, you'll be able to transform or heal the trauma you experienced as a child. In addition to those one-on-one support systems, there's also um, a study group. It's called the Parental Alienation Study Group. It's an international nonprofit with 500 plus mental health and legal professionals from 52 different countries that are interested in educating the general public and anyone involved in the divorce system about Pirellian parental alienation and supporting you to get healthy within this phenomenon. So I think we're going to also, we have a bunch of resources too that Lisa, you've, you've provided that we're going to have in the show notes. That's going to include the parental alienation study group, uh, a document, a documentary, um, a racing family, um, our podcast that we did with Dr. Jennifer Harmon, as well as a number of other articles. So uh, if you're listening in and this is sounding like you uh, and your situation, and especially as you listen to the do's and don'ts, if you struggle to imagine um, that you can be that controlled and on point, um, please do the research, reach out for support. this is um, this is such a heartbreaking situation, and there are resources and support available to you. So look in the show notes, and you'll see a, a bunch of hot links that we're we're adding there. Yeah, and I want to say, even if you feel you can't make these changes, just because you feel that way doesn't mean you can't. And I would say reach out anyhow, because parental alienation is heart rendering. And it is one of the most painful and difficult aspects of a divorce that has gone south. So 
you were the alienator acts in such a way to make you feel crazy, but you're not crazy. And it's really important to realize that you have the power to moment by moment, interaction by interaction, day by day, week by week, month by month, and year by year, transform an an unhealthy situation into a healthy one. And uh, we both know you can do it. We've seen it in our own practices. We believe in you and we support you in handling this and transforming the situation so you have your children back. So we hope you found value in this uh, program and stay tuned. We'll have another podcast next week for you and each of you be well. Until next time. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon. At Journey Beyond Divorce, we know that sometimes the most powerful support we can offer is to help you process the storm of emotions you're experiencing and gently challenge the beliefs that are keeping you stuck. The way Karen delivers her program is that she validates the feelings, the emotions, the ups, the downs. She hones in on the specifics that really talk to that particular person when they're going through this crazy emotional time. Let us be a beacon in the midst of this crazy emotional time. Book a free lifeline call with us to help lift the fog and begin practicing new ways of thinking, being, and doing that better support you as you journey through and beyond divorce. Our gift to you is taking that first step with you on your free Rapid Relief Lifeline call, where we help you navigate the emotional and logistical turbulence of separation and divorce. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call.